to Delicious Tears. I am the solution, your host for the next 30, 60 minutes. And once again, I do appreciate you all for sending in the topics. I got a couple of them in the wings. And um, one of them is, yeah, yeah, you wait, wait on that one. Just to give you a little intro blurb. But to my uh, my bro, I appreciate you for sending that one in because I kind of covered it. And I'm holding off on it because I got to flip it a little bit to expand upon it what you're you really sent me because I kind of touched upon it but I'm going to open up a little bit more from the stuff that you sent me but I do appreciate you but today's topic another another fine example of delicious tears so Saturday Night Live been seeing the clips for the past few days and the reason why I'm jumping on this one because it's a pretty hot topic and I'm going to hold off my other ones until I drop this one before it loses steam and you're no longer concerned about this. Bill Burr, white comedian. He was the uh, the opening host. You know, they bring comedians on there to open up the show from time to time. And uh, he was he was on it. He was on one. He was on two or three. But people are kind of split about his monologue and what he did. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad people are split on it because it means they're thinking about it. It's about a 50-50 split on if they deem his uh, monologue actually funny or offensive. So Bill Burr covered everything from the woke movement to entitled privileged white women to Gay Pride Month to Black History Month. And people are not happy. So before I get into that, if some of you know me personally, I am big on something called parody. I really, really believe in parody because it means that you can actually look and analyze stuff and see the humor in things that you probably shouldn't be making a big deal out of in the first place. But the problem with parody is that it makes people uncomfortable. And to understand comedy, from a, a uh, an art form, you must understand satire, parody, and and just being able to go off the cuff ad libbing and what we call the dozens or roasting or snapping on people. If you don't understand that part or the clapback is what they call it now, um, you really don't understand comedy. Everybody likes to think of the setup punchline, setup punchline, setup punchline, and they think that's comedy. No, it isn't. To be able to commentate on social issues is a skill that not many comedians are actually able to handle. Chris Rock being a good one, G.L. Hughley being a master of it, and uh, Bill Burr is uh, another one who makes people uncomfortable. And that's the thing about comedy. It should make you uncomfortable because it lets you know that you know something. You're probably doing something that you shouldn't have been doing if you're uncomfortable. So he talks about I, I wish I could play this, but I don't want to get the episode killed. His joke really uh, led into the woke movement. And he was saying that basically this this was an element for people to bring awareness to social injustice. And white women have hijacked it. He goes into joke about saying they lift their Gucci boot and swung it over the fence of oppression. And they started whining and complaining about the, the struggles that they have. And you hear the, <laughs> when you hear the uncomfortable laughter in the audience, you know it's some people in there go, they're going, you know something, forget the PG thing today. They say, damn, 
I probably actually have done that. That's parody. When you're making fun of something serious and it makes you uncomfortable at the same time, the, the joke is so hilarious that you're like, I should not be laughing at this because it's true. That's what's going on with the Bill Burr joke right there. He saw us talking about their one. You don't understand my struggle. Yeah, whatever. You know, if the shoe fits, wear it. If you're uncomfortable and you're crying about that, you know you're wrong. Bottom line. So he, he goes into, um, you know, saying that basically they have basically enjoyed the fruits of white men's just pillaging and plundering and sitting next to him and reaping the benefits of it. Then he goes into the part where black people are like, uh-oh, you might have gone too far. But I'm going to talk about an element of certain comedians in this day and time that they may be flaunting a little bit. He says, and then when you were interested in black men in a sexual manner and you had children, you said it was not consensual. And you heard the, <laughs> I'm telling you, there were moments of silence when he was, the punchline was like a haymaker. It, it hit so hard in the room that you could hear a gnat fart. I told one of my homeboys that we were going back and forth about this. I told another one of my homeboys, I said, you could hear an ant fart in the room. That's how quiet it got because you could tell it was people in the room that were so uncomfortable about the truth that he was spitting in those jokes that they could not say a word. And you you know the uncomfortable laughter. <laughs> uh, please stop. Um, I'm uncomfortable because I'm guilty probably. I'm probably guilty, yeah. That's why you're laughing like that. You want them to move along, yeah. So the black viewers and the people who decided to uh, opine via social media, more so Twitter, uh, wanted to lighten to him about it. I, I'm offended. I'm this is this is totally insensitive. Well it's comedy. It's comedy. It's not it's not it's not supposed to be, you know, PG and uh, you know, fulfilling to everyone. In that case, enjoy some some religious comedy. That exists out there, believe it or not. There's religious comedy. Alright, but do not make fun about the creator and Lord and all that stuff. The people Oh you're going to hell. You know, you don't mock all that stuff. Well, no, it's funny stuff in religion too. So yeah, please do. So moving right along with that, you know, it's <laughs> he he's not this is not something new that Bill Burr has done before. A couple of years ago, he um he made fun of the swine flu situation, basically saying it was nature doing this thing. And the, the funny part about it, it's parody because literally nature has a way of thinning the herd. We know that. We know that, but we don't like to face the fact that sometimes that humans are a virus to the planet itself. We're sucking the resources, don't put things back in. So nature says, hey, some of you gotta go. Black plague, anyone? Yeah. You know, but that that he joked about that and people found that insensitive because obviously people have died from it. So it, going on to the, the gay pride, and this is when people really got upset about it. He talked about how June had 31 months. I, I'm not going to kill the joke because I really want you to go and listen to what he's saying. Because in a very harsh comedic sense, he's right. June has 31 months. February is 28. And he was like, why 
did black people get the short end? Well, we know why. We know why it's twenty. We got the twenty eighth day month. We we got we know that. And he was like, just roll it into July. So you got Gay Pride, and you had Black History Month. And he was like, who wants to celebrate in the cold? You know, it's cold outside. You know, who wants to march and stuff like that in the cold? And I, I laughed about it because I'm like, it's true. You know, we got a crappy month. Okay, if you decide to suddenly roll out all your uh, Black History and Pride in February, you save it for that one month. But he said that, you know, he was like, why do gay people get 31 months, 31 days? You know, he's like, hey, roll into June, you get 61 days of basically everyone being acknowledged and saying, hey, there's awareness. That's what his joke was. And you could hear people like, well, he needs to stop. You know, you literally could hear that and, you know, underneath the laughter, not saying people said it, but you could hear it within the laughter that people were going in on. But he made perfect sense on the parody side of things. Comedy should make you feel uncomfortable because things happen that are so horrible. Sometimes you can't do anything but laugh. But people say, oh, it's too soon. That's insensitive. Why are you doing it? Why does everybody have to be protected? How is comedian, how, how does comedy have limits? No, I, if you know me, I say everybody can get these jokes. Everybody. I roast my mom. I roast myself. All right, nobody's off limits. I roast my daughter. Everybody gets the jokes. If you know me personally, you know, look, if I'm not cracking on you, I probably don't care for you. All right, bottom line, if you get jokes, if I roast you, it, it means I, I really like you, okay? If I haven't roasted you, I've known you for a while, maybe I just haven't gotten to you, or maybe I might not just, I might not like you too much, right? You might not be worthy of jokes, but I joke and roast the people that I love and care for. I do. Just to let you know, I got to humble you, all right? And you should humble me too. I can take jokes and I can receive it, but I always tell you all, I don't have jokes. I have life observances that happen to be humorous. I'm like, I actually saw that. That's funny to me. Not funny to you? Oh, well, suck it up, buttercup. Get a straw. Everybody's up in arms about this. It's a 50-50 split. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to read some of the things that people have said about his monologue just to give you a taste of how people are split about it. I mean, he, he talked about COVID-19. And he said, take out your weak cousin with asthma. I don't care. And basically, he was talking about people not wearing mask okay meaning that you you don't care about your own family members that was the joke that people missed and see the, the thing about with comedy right now I'm, I'm gonna hold that part i'm gonna hold it i'm gonna hold it i'm gonna hold it because i need to break this down a little bit more you know and he said there are too many people it stops you from reproducing remember i told you about culling the herd all right nature has a way of saying hey, it's too many of you you gotta go so he was joking about that element as well. Now, if you lost someone, people say, yeah, that's insensitive when, you know, people have lost family members and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure back in the, the dark ages, they joked about the plague. They had to. It, humans were horrible beings. It's just the way it is. All right. But he's not joking about people dying. He's making a joke about people who don't take it serious. Okay. You're not wearing a mask. And when he comes on, you see he comes out in a mask as he walks through the band and he gets the mic and he hands his mask. And you see the person that takes the mic from him has a glove on that takes his mask. 
And he started like, that's good. That's good. Everybody's wearing a mask. And he's clearly more than six feet away from everybody once he starts his joke. But of course, he's not going to wear a mask because of the audio quality while he's talking. You want to hear exactly everything he's saying. But some more Twitter feed. All right. Um, one Twitter user said, as the weak cousin with asthma, I found your monologue insensitive and appalling. You don't know what it's like to live with disease, especially in the age of COVID. It's not a joke. It's really scary. Reality for which I have to be vigilant every day. Show some class and sensitivity. Burr ignored the controversy, tweeting Sunday and said, Thanks to Lauren, the cast, everyone at NBC, Saturday Night Live, and the words to describe how much fun the experience was and calling it the night of my life. He did have supporters, though. All right. One white woman said, Hi, I'm a white woman. I think your monologue was hilarious and true. Ignore the easily offended snowflakes. She got it. She got it. This was comedy in its purest form. And the purest form is parody. Making fun of real situations in a humorous manner. But to talk about this really is that, um, well, let's one more, one more person who decided to opine on him. Jokes were in poor taste, not funny. As a gay man in an interracial relationship, we both were offended and turned the channel. Who approved that monologue? Now, we are in the age of ultra sensitive people, and I like to say social media is why. I think these people were out there anyway, but they didn't have a voice to be spread. And this this feelings and emotions and things like that is it, rampant. Everybody gets offended about everything. I mean, back in the 80s, you had comedians talking about gay people in a hilarious manner, like going in. I mean, some of the terms they use, yeah, harsh. And now, just to show you how sensitive people are, people tried to go back and cancel. Well, people tried to cancel Eddie Murphy for his delirious stand-up routine where he was talking about gay men. That was the times he was in. All right. But you will not cancel uh, your, your racist grandparents and great grandparents back in the 20s and stuff for the things they said about people of color. You won't cancel them, will you? Nah, you won't cancel Papa, will you? Nah, you won't do that. Nah. OK. All right. So now do you, you see what I'm talking about? Comedy with parody, satire and stuff like that. You want no parts of that, because as long as you're protected, and you're not being joked about, it's okay. It's kind of like when you're watching the row session and these two, say two dudes are going at it. I mean, they just ripping each other apart from their, their shoes to their hair. I mean, they're getting in. They, they're talking about family members and everything and you're laughing. And from time to time, one of the dudes who are roasting might look in the crowd and go, what are you laughing at with your blah, blah, blah. All right, you come out here with these ran over shoes. You got the nerve to be laughing. You right, matter of fact, stand next to him. And you're like, what I got to do with that? That's what people don't want, okay? They don't want to be that innocent bystander that's pulled in that has material to be joked about, okay? I'm that guy. I'll pull you into the row session if need be, okay? <laughs> I'm all about uh, uh, collateral damage, okay? I'm that guy that will launch their artillery strike just to get one building, but but take out, you know, a, a couple of the buildings like, hey, I got them. You know, yeah, I, I blew up that grocery store, but I, I got who I was looking for. 
you know, you can get these jokes too, but everybody is super sensitive right now. And that, that's just the time we live in. And look, people, you have to realize, like, look, this is comedy. You got people get offended when you joke about religion, sexual orientation, race, jobs. Oh, oh my goodness. Weight. All this stuff. Oh, please don't talk about weight with people. I have mercy. You know, everybody is so emotional and easily offended now. You know, you're almost killing an art form with comedy. If you everything it gets joked about, you got a problem with it. It, it. People don't agree with your politics, so they they make a joke about it. You know, well, well, why are you joking about the Democrats? Why are you making jokes about the Republic Republicans? Y- y'all know me, all right. I don't espouse to be any. I don't lean towards any typical political party. I lean towards the person I'm voting for meets my agenda. I don't vote straight ticket. I never liked that in the first place because once I've done my research on different people, I'm like, you know something? I don't like your platform. I'm not voting for you. All right. They might be libertarian. They might be Republican. They might be Democrat. They might be green. If they fit my agenda, I'm voting for that person. All right. But at the same time, if they do stuff that's crazy, I'm going to make fun of you. All right. That's it. Like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you have got to be kidding me. You can get this work. Hands down. We need to stop being so sensitive and laugh at the, the, the sheer stupidity that we put ourselves in sometimes. All right. I'm telling you, the, the best cure for just depression and pain and suffering a lot of times is a good laugh because it gives you a break from thinking about all the the serious stuff you have to do you need to laugh it's therapeutic trust me okay trust me i'm in a good mood all the time because i find humor in a lot of stuff that people are like why are you laughing at that because it's funny to me that's why all right why are you making fun of that because it's funny to me that's why that's why and i really love the comedians who who take the time to write material to address social issues deal he awesome i've seen him three times i don't really give a lot of comedians more than one or two shows because it depends on when the last time i seen them because some of them will work material for two three years and I made that mistake with a couple of comedians where I'm like, I, I know your jokes. When are you going to write some more material? I'm not going to name their names, but they know who they are. They've been torn off the same material because they, they have managed to go throughout the country and use that material. And it's worked for them. Cool. Got you. But you, you, know, you know who you are. You need to get some more material. All right. Well, you're going to become obsolete. But anyway, it's it's really a... a peculiar time that we live in and the second topic i'm going to talk about with comedians is have some of them become a little too comfortable with black culture because they get to personally sit next to it in an intimate manner so bill burr is married to a black woman so people have gone after him and say well he's got a front row seat to the culture if you will he gets to go to the cookout that we like to hand out plates to if if any black person or uh, a non-person of color says something in support of us 
we start handing out plates to the barbecue and the cookout all the time. Y'all need to stop that, okay? Stop it. Stop it. Now everybody gets to walk through the gate at the barbecue or sit down at the bench or smell the aroma of the barbecue. All right, you don't you don't get a chance to sit next to the culture all the time. All right, you just you simply should be supporting people. Period. You should be doing the right thing. Period. Stop handing out plates. Okay, I hate seeing that junk on social media. Stop it. All right, it's overused. It it, it doesn't make sense anymore. Okay, because now you know just to get off the beat, y'all know how I like to do. We have saw the 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 bastardization and the hijacking of the Black Lives Matter movement. If you know me, I don't uh, affiliate with the organization. The movement, yes, uh, I'm for that. Social injustice, equality, rights, all that good stuff. But the organization, no, I have nothing to do with that. It's actually Black Lives Marketing now with these corporations because they knew $1.2 trillion was at stake. So that's where everybody's putting out these statements and we, we strive to do this and to address social injustice and fair hiring practices here at whatever corporation we are. You know, you see the statements out there. Doesn't mean that you truly, truly support what's going on. If not, you ensure that you don't support a lot of these politicians. Ball game. Nothing about that. But, once again, are some of these comedians too comfortable? Like I said, Bill Burr's wife is black. So, of course, he has firsthand knowledge. He has pillow talk. He, he gets to observe what it's like to be a black person because he's intimately connected to one. So there are things that he could talk about in his comedian skits when he's writing things. And I'm sure he will basically get his wife to vet it. I hope he does. But it really seems like she said, hey, Bill, that's good. That'll work. I'm not offended. Because he'll be able to say, my wife's not offended by this. And people are oh, okay. But then you'll get the negativity. Well, that's his wife, you know, this, this, and this, you know, and all the other stuff that come along with it. Use your imaginings. I'm not going down that path. So another comedian is Gary Owen. Okay, I've seen Gary Owen live. The guy's funny, and a lot of his material that he's starting to use is the the white father within a biracial family. His material is starting to go down that. And I, I'm starting to call him um, uh, Diet Kevin Hart because Kevin, we're, we're talking about comedy. Let's go Kevin Hart light for all intents and purposes. Yes, Kevin Hart light because you know uh, the bulk of Kevin Hart's com comedy is based upon uh, self deprecating behavior of himself within his family, along with. You know, making light of funny people within his family and things that he's done. That's the bulk of his, his shows. And when you have a niche like that, you got your thing. This is your 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 gimmick, your go-to. It, it will run its course. Look at Cat Williams. Okay, the pimp thing. You you got to stop working because people are like, here we go. We, we know what it's about. Gary Owen has been working that slowly. Okay, slowly. Gary Owen was also in the military, so he has a lot of material. Trust me, I got a lot of material, funny stuff. Heck, I did 20 years. Obviously, I'm going to see some funny stuff. So he's been working that too. But he, he really has harped on the white father, you know, white man, white father biracial kid, white man married to a black woman thing. He's been working that. 
because it's, it's a connection thing to his audience. Before he really didn't talk about it. He really didn't talk about it. But with the the um, the explosion of social media and people want to get to know the comedians, they oh well, look at his family. Okay, maybe he should go down that path. Is it a safe thing to do? Let's roll some stuff out there. Oh, they like it. I'll get to do that. Is it wrong for him to do that? No, that's his experiences. But do people feel like he's too close and he's saying a little too much? There are people who are criticized. I'm telling you, social media is judge and jury. The court of public opinion will convict you before any valid judiciary system will. Look at Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion situation. Tory's been guilty from day one, according to public opinion, before he's even gone to trial. I mean, he's been charged, arrested, all that stuff. That's another topic in itself. But before they even happened, you had people who were devout followers of one or the other. They already had their opinion on it and said, that's that. All right, that's that. But that's what people are doing with Gary Owen now. He, he's facing some criticism for that. And uh, so is Bill Burr. It wasn't a factor until he told those jokes where people decided, well, let me dig. And they see pictures that he's posted or, well, you know, in social events, he's with his wife. Doing normal people things like, oh, that's why he felt so comfortable with saying that. Now, people ask me, hey, the solution, were you offended? Heck no. No. Now, you got to understand when you're delivering a joke, are you being malicious? Or you're making fun of the situation. You're making comedic light of a situation. Because there's a difference. Now, the part that really set off a certain segment of people that watched it, to go back to Bill Burr for a moment, is, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to quote him. He said, let me talk to my bitches. I mean, he was talking about white women when he was saying that they had benefited from the behaviors, the dis you know, disparaging behavior, the, the despicable behavior of white men over centuries and sat next to them. And basically, like, you, you're guilty, too. All right. That's what he was saying. Like, you don't get to, to be victim. Remember I told you about that, the, the dying desire of women to always be the victim. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're you're just as guilty, too. It was a New Jack City moment. Remember Nino Brown in the court? Oh, no, no. This is bigger than me. He started pointing fingers. Oh. He said, come get your talking to. All right. Meaning you don't get to run off. You sit right next to me while you're being checked. All right. Because you're wrong, too. All right. Let people rip you apart as well because you earned it because you have benefited from it. And that's what set white women off that criticize them. You know, the whole bitches and hey, <laughs> take accountability for your actions as well. So, yeah. So it, it's it's, um you know, it's, it's a lot of opinion and stuff like that. People have said Bill Burr has been trash. He's always been trash. This is an opinion that people said that. And um, she actually uh, <laughs> called herself the feminist next door. That should be another topic in itself right there. Because there's a change. There's a, a paradigm shift going on with the feminist movement. It's going on. And I called it. All right. I called it. And, you know, just to, to close this out, laugh, people. But know when it's malicious and know when you're being made fun of. You're not off limits. I don't think comedy should have any limitations on who should be made fun of. As long as it's not malicious. 
Now, I personally think there are things, there are people I wouldn't make fun of. If you can't defend yourself, you can't be made fun of, okay? It's kind of like when people say the ugly baby. I'm not really making funny fun of the ugly baby. I'm making fun of the parent who wants you to believe the baby's not ugly. Yeah, babies can be ugly. We know that. Ooh, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully they, they grow out of it and they become, you know, and if they don't, oh, well, there's somebody for everybody. All right. That's my untasteful joke for everyone. But yes, yes. It's just like when I make fun of old black women. I love making fun of old black women. They are hilarious because I know quite a few of them. And it's just things I have observed. And you're going to hear uh, the greens joke that I tell all the time and the voice that I'll do. All right. And the, I get to say anything because I'm old. I joke about that all the time about older black women because I know older black women that do that. I just expect it from them. All right. It's like, oh, I reached this age. I get to talk crazy to you and you got to deal with it. I'm like, what you going to do? We, matter of fact, some of your grandmothers, if you're listening, are just merciless shit talkers. Okay. <laughs> And as a kid, that was the mean grandmother. When you got older, you realize Granny just tired and she's sick of our shit. That that's all it is. Granny's tired and sick of our shit. That that's all it is. And she's gonna let you know, like, what are you gonna do to me? Okay? I live my life. All right, y'all probably think I'm on the clock anyway, so I'm gonna get everything out that you you know you piss me off with. Some of us got grandmothers that um when we go to family gatherings, we go to the house. You're just praying that she's not going to be on one that day. That granny's in a, a great, quiet mood. All right, she's just chilling. But I'm telling you, that maybe granny's wig is itching there or something like that. Or, you know, her, her favorite moo-moo, the button popped on it or something. And she is just annoyed and she's going to say some stuff. All right, she's probably getting you back from the time you didn't come over and fix the wash machine for her. So you walk in and it's not... The girlfriend you had from last year, it's a new one. And you go, oh, I see some things have changed again, just like the seasons. Got another young lady in here. Oh, she prettier than the last one you bought. That's good stuff. You're finally starting to figure it out. Grandmothers say stuff like that. I make fun of them, okay? I make fun of them. You know? I make fun of them. And they just, and nobody can check grandma. It's kind of like, grandma, come on, you plead with them a little bit. Like, you gotta relax. You know, the hell with relaxing. Y'all came to my damn house. They just annoyed all the time. All right. And and maybe culturally it happens in other uh, ethnicities and races homes too in their family. And, and they they have annoyed grandmothers. I just think when women get older, you know, it's like, I don't care anymore. You're getting on my nerves. And I'm going to tell you about it. I, I love older black women elderly black women are hilarious but they're just full of jewels and information okay my grandmother oh she had some funny stories unfiltered i think i get some of my comedy from her too but we all got them all right and it's hilarious when we start to see our mothers go down that path and be like here we go here we go and my mom is staring at the door she she's already doing some of the habits right now all right, where 
they, they talk about the pain at the end and who annoyed them and the prescriptions and food. All right. <laughs> but you love to hear the stories. You, you can't live without them. And I appreciate them. Older black men are hilarious too. Because you are never going to meet up to the things that they've done. they've done. They've done it before. Just remember that. No matter what you tell an older black man, they've done. Oh, that ain't nothing but the. That's what you're going to hear. Oh, she ain't doing nothing new, boy. Consider. It's a jazz day. What's that right there? Oh, shit. We used to wear that shit back in the 70s. Y'all, come on, goddammit. You know, they, they just get older and become professional Hall of Fame shit talkers. And you let them do it because you enjoy it. You enjoy it. It's hilarious and it's great stuff. You know, even I hear my father going down that path. All right, I love talking to him about politics because he won't let me get a word in. And it's funny. I'm like, yeah, but damn it. But you know, shit, god damn it. You know? <laughs> but I, I live for it. I do. I do. But back to the comedic thing. Um, we, we're just in a very sensitive time. Everybody's full of emotions because of social media. And they're brave about it because it's like, hey, I'm behind this phone, this keyboard, this screen. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You better hope that the social media platform, somebody complains enough about me that they kill my account. That's about it. That's about it. You just make another one and come right back. But hopefully you enjoyed this topic. Loosen up, everyone. It wasn't malicious. It was downright hilarious. So just sop up those delicious tears and keep it moving. But like I always tell you, hey, make sure you're telling people about the podcast. It's growing. I appreciate it. I've actually gone and listened to this on a couple of different platforms. It's great, you all. And don't click past the ads. Let them play. All right. Let them play. Help a brother out. All right. Help a brother out. All right. Let him get his coins in and everything like that. But ensure that you're sharing and you're telling a friend about it. And you are doing that because there's been some people. I don't know who you are, but you have tracked me down and given me topics. Shout out to you. I'm getting to them. There are a lot of things in the shoot and I will push them out. But like I always tell you all, just be a better human. And I'm out of here.